The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. We are the Unpack podcast from acmepackingcompany.com and SB Nation talking about your division round Lahoo her <laughs> Green Bay Packers um, we are on Twitter at the Unpack Pod on Instagram for no reason at the Unpack Pod patreon.com slash the Unpack Pod like subscribe uh, and if you really want to do us a solid leave us a review on Apple Podcasts like all the people who follow Justice's uh, instructions to the letter last week and flooded our reviews with five-star reviews that just said he's coming back <laughs> really appreciate the reviews is he coming back though will he should he we'll talk about all that in a bit as well as um asking uh this question now that the packers season is over what do we hope the packers learned this year i am zach rapport at zach rapport on twitter and i am joined just as we opened the season, closing the season with the usual crew, Alex Patakis, how are you? All things considered, pretty good, I would say. <laughs> Not so bad. Ben Foldy as well. Uh, you got that onion peeled, my friend? I do. <laughs> just before we hit Don't record. mind these tears, it's just the onion. <laughs> He's like, you guys fix your audio issues, I'm going to peel this onion. And then peeled it basically on camera. <laughs> nice work. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's the season's over. Uh, I think most of the shows, uh, in our feed this week are kind of doing the, the postmortem thing. Do we need to get into the, do I need to tee up the score and and all that stuff? I I don't really think so. If you are listening to this show, it it probably means that you're a real trooper and looking for some catharsis because I am a, uh, an avid content consumer and have not really had the stomach to listen to anything. Um, since the game ended. Uh, do you guys feel that way? You like have a, a heartache loss and then just feel like your your news cravings change based on that for a while? I, I feel like that game wasn't so much a heartache as like a severe case of like annoyance. Like it, it was wasn't so 2014 <laughs> to me. 2014 was like painful. This game was just like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. My uh, my hat was thrown across the room. Yeah, um, it was just a dumb game. Like it was yeah. a it it wasn't like oh they deserved to win and it and they snatched vic- defeat from the jaws of victory. It was like nah, this is a stupid game through and through. So no, I, I guess to answer the question is like no, I haven't been heartbroken. I haven't been. I, I think you know. For me, this season has been, I I think it's almost, you know, I don't think it's good that they lost, but I think it, it helps bring this season back into perspective of yeah. kind of, kind of a silly season from top to bottom that was going to get papered over by on-field success when it arguably didn't really deserve to be in some ways, um, and I mean, I guess it's impossible to think. I, I just think like it's impossible to separate this season from Aaron Rodgers. And, you know, he started the season in silly season. He's arguably ending the season in silly season. <laughs> um, silly all the way through. And like, 
you know, as good as I feel about AJ Dillon or Rasul Douglas or any of these other kind of like storylines that came up, it's impossible for me to separate this season as like the season that I got sick of Aaron Rodgers and nothing about that playoff game changed that. Um, I'm just kind of ready to move on. I think I agree that uh, it doesn't. Heartache is a better way to describe 2014 because the Packers really should have won that game. I guess they should have won this game, but the way the game played out, you knew what was coming the whole time. Like it wasn't a shock. Um, I would say this one still stings. Like I'm not going to put it up as like one of the worst losses I've experienced in terms of how, you know, sad it made me feel. Um, But it stings because the finality of it all, like you just know that this is the last, time we'll see the ver- this version of this team which was very clearly the best team in football and I think that plays into the annoying thing you know because it's like you know when you're not the best team and you win the Super Bowl it's pretty cool like in 2010 yeah um but any other time when you are and you don't win it's really annoying and yeah it's, it's annoying that history will remember someone else possibly a Niners team that isn't even really that good yeah um because they have a legitimate chance to win, I think, uh, yep. as the best team of the year, and they just weren't. Um, so, you know, I, I think if it were just like... Okay, added to reminders. Right. <laughs> she, Siri just transcribed everything, like... Had this to your Siri says, Siri is reminding me the Niners have a serious... Sh- oh my, she transcribed that whole thing. This is insane. You know, we've asked, uh, we've been asked for uh, transcriptions of our show. It's an expensive service. Maybe we should just oh, use Apparently Siri. my iPhone can do that without asking. Um, Not creepy at all. Not creepy at all. But I, I guess the main difference is that, is that most years... Packers would lose, even 2014, and you can just sit there a few days later and tell yourself, you know what, they'll be back next year. And I don't see how you can say that and have any reasonable degree of confidence that that's going to be so. I think the division will be a fight next year. I think trying to have a winning record will be a fight next year. And that's independent of a lot of, you know, like it's it's down to the Rodgers thing, but it's also just down to how creative they can get to remake what feels like maybe, I don't know, 33% of their roster. Uh, yeah. but the general the general tenor of like people who care and follow the kind of roster construction side of the NFL seems to be that the Packers, you know, like, yeah, they've got some cap issues to juggle, but probably can return most of their key players this year. Um, so I'm not so convinced that you know, this was like the last last dance kind of approach. Um, I mean, it might be the last dance for Randall Cobb. It might be the yeah. last dance for, you know, a Smith brother. Yeah. Um, but you, you hear guys like Rasul Douglas being asked about like, oh, you probably earned yourself a lot of money. And he, he basically said like something to the effect of like, I'll come back to Green Bay for like not a crazy amount of money. Like, he yeah, wants to be everybody says Bay. that until they actually have to sit down with <laughs> Russ Ball and see what qualifies as not a crazy a lot of money. And uh in Green Bay, but um, <laughs> I mean, I could see Russell Douglas signing, right? Like he's, you know, yeah. really kind of seems to have taken to the place, and you know, it's like it's like AJ Dillon. You know, there there's some players that just kind of really buy in. Um, you know, there's I don't know why Leroy Butler is still doing Packers content twenty years later, but there he is. You know, um, <laughs> and so I I wouldn't be shocked if Russell Douglas is back. I wouldn't be shocked if Devondre Campbell is back. Um, yeah. But and I wouldn't be shocked if Devontae's back, and I wouldn't be shocked if Aaron Rodgers is back. I think for me, in you know, I guess this is the peril of mixing up football with like feelings that extend anywhere beyond the football field. Is I'm just like I just don't want to deal with all the drama of this season again that I yeah. lay almost entirely squarely at Aaron Rodgers' feet. And I'd rather I'd rather have a mediocre to bad team with with love and just kind of move into the future than another year of of what we just went through. I think so. I think that, you know, the organization to some degree, obviously you would rather have Aaron Rodgers on your team than not. But to some degree, they have to be thinking that way too, given the investment in Jordan Love, given what they have to go through with this Rodgers saga and the fact that they have to put, if they're going to return all these guys, they're going to do so. They're not going to be maybe in cap hell because they'll restructure things, but like they're going to be pretty strapped and keep, it's like the... Every year that Rodgers and Devontae and these guys probably stick around, the more and more you're mortgaging your future because then 
you're spending money uh, and it's another year off like the what the real future of your team's like you know rookie contract is like this this was the window i think that i happen to think that the window is now closed and the rebuild window could open very quickly but that there's we're in this in between now and i feel like if you're the organization you have to look at that and say like if we're going to jump through hoops to bring the core of this team back which can very easily fall flat on its face once again like is it even worth it and that's the question i was asking myself after like yeah i agree with ben like i think i'd rather see the future than maybe you know 95% you know like a 5% chance of things not ending in total heartbreak again next year yeah. but getting you know 13 14 wins or whatever and having that kind of fun along the way i mean it really it's, it really does feel like we're in late era farve right like we're like okay some kind of weird fatal flaw playoff performance, you know, reveals itself. We spend the off season doing a will he or won't he, um, you know, his kind of somewhat obnoxious ego, which was much more fun <laughs> for the first like four fifths of his career is somehow grading and like played out and kind of just unpleasant to be a- around. Um, and to me, I mean, I guess, I guess I, the other thing is like the pandemic colors every living second of my life, and it's impossible yeah. to separate Aaron Rodgers from that at this point. And I just like, I don't like that. I don't enjoy it. it yeah. yeah, and well, he's also really going out of his way to not let you. No, exactly. That, That's the thing. It's like you know, it's, if he would have shut up months ago, taken the L and moved on. Yeah, he doesn't take L's. He, yeah, he no, wouldn't he, even. He doesn't take L's take even when L. he loses. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, he yeah. doesn't take this L. He refuses to take L's, and it's like, I just don't feel like indulging him anymore. And I mean, like, I, obviously, I'm overstating my like role as a fan. You know, Aaron Rodgers doesn't care if I indulge him, but I just sort of feel like I'm like, dude, I don't want to give you, I don't want to give you the oxygen to like keep talking. Like, just shut up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you mentioned. You know, late era Favre, and I talked a little bit about that on Twitter after the after the game. Kind of just memories of like a yeah, just a just a cold playoff game, and a and an old Favre who like visibly didn't want to be there. So with that, I will um, we'll we'll do a little a little note nug session here in this game, and and I'll give mine. Um, and that is, I guess, I'm not. I'm not sure five degrees and flurries uh, was an advantage to either team. And we make so much of the Lambeau like wintertime mystique and the the frozen tundra and all that. But that game just sucked. Neither team looked like they wanted to be there for most of it. Um, And I just felt so overwhelmed and annoyed by the whole experience, Ben, like you were saying earlier. And to tie it back to late era Favre, you know, I'm left to wonder, does Aaron Rodgers even have the juice anymore to kick ass in the cold? Um, and he more than anyone just looked kind of like bleary and shaken and like, kind of like the opposite of what you think of when you think of how he typically is on the field in game, calm and in control and like seeing things at another level. The whole game was just like disappointing, just a warm, flat beer of a game. Just (laughs) that's where I'm at. Yeah. Cold, cold, flat beer. Yeah. Of a a game. Frozen, (laughs) frozen beer on your back porch. Somehow flat. <laughs> so I guess I guess my note nug is is and it's an obvious one, but you know, and I texted you guys this during the game, but um, you know, talk about a Chekhov's gun for the special teams and for those listeners that might be unfamiliar, like Chekhov's gun is a concept in literature that if you describe a gun, you know, on the wall that gun better go off at some point during the story. Like you don't introduce an element that doesn't play. All, all details are important. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, I think the Chekhov's gun of special teams all season was like, Oh, this is, this is really a problem. This is really a problem, but they keep winning despite themselves. Um, and then to have it just kind of bite in the most obvious and ridiculous and, you know, just kind of head smacking, like why were none of these people fired? 10 weeks ago kind of way yeah. Uh, again added to the kind of overall level of like this is a stupid game this is a stupid season yeah. I can't believe I put so much <laughs> of my life into caring about this um, uh. and just like the weird I know I know that I'm like the big the big uh, I'm the big kind of um, 
proselytizer of like, let's enjoy bad football. But there's like bad football and then there's like whatever that was. And it was like the worst of all worlds. <laughs> yeah. And I don't, um, I'm not going to pat myself on the back because it's, it's a really low level take and we weren't the only ones to say it. But at some point mid season, we were like, this special teams is guaranteed to cost the Packers a football game and it might be in the postseason, and that's what happened. And that's the the more you kind of like pick it apart, the more you realize that's what was always going to happen. That's I mean, the Chekhov's like, gun. And the final humiliation of not having enough guys on the field for the last field goal is just like, oh, good lord! It's just like, come on! Like, I would have rather had Kyler Fackrell like run on late and get thrown to the ground. At least give me something to like laugh at. Um, like that was the, that was the thing. There was nothing to laugh at in this game. It was just like no, yeah. it was just dreary, blah. Um, and I'd much rather watch a bad team overperform than a good team underperform. You know, like I'd rather yeah. I'd rather watch, you know, the eight, seven, and one Packers, you know, disappoint me or whatever than the whatever they actually were at the end, 13 and four, 14 and three, whatever it was. Um, yeah, now that it's, it's like hard to do math out of games. 17. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to turn to uh, Ryan on Twitter who tweeted in uh, his note nug. Firstly, fire Mo Drayton, which we, we heard a lot of that, but he says Lafleur made a deadly decision to not take care of this during the season. And this is what you get cost us 10 points. And uh, I wanted to highlight that Ben, it, it speaks to what you're saying, but also it, it highlights the fact that ultimately for as much as we want to praise Matt LaFleur for all the things that he has done well, not finding a way to deal with this um, is a total failure on his part. And it's either, it's either that he didn't think it was a problem, which I I don't think that's the case, but you know, that would have been wrong. Um, It's either that, or he thought they had, the coaches and the guys to get it fixed and get it done. And if that's the case, he was wrong about that. Or for whatever reason, didn't want to fire the guy and make changes in season. Ultimately not the right decision. It's that those are like, those are the bit, the big chair head coaching decisions that, that you need to make. And and I just think he 1000% blew that one. The, the other thing here is like, and I think I've said this before, or maybe I've just thought it and it's not a very well out thought, and feel free to correct me, but like, can you guys remember a game where Lafleur like turned a game around, where like they were playing really badly in the first half and they came out in the second half with like a clearly adjusted game plan and like fought their way back? Like, I feel like the Lafleur era has been characterized a fair amount by games that like they just completely kind of inexplicably disappear for the entire game. Sometimes, like in the in the games where they're bad, they're very bad. Yeah, I I think. Uh, I'm trying to think. I'm sure there has been a game like that. I know there have um, been games where I've noted like, oh, they made adjustments at halftime and it's really working. And that was like a refreshing It's usually thing. defensive though, isn't it? Like, I, I don't feel like they've, Not always, they've ever really been good at getting the offense out of the ditch. I don't have yeah, specific I guess examples. I, well, I'm having trouble for this game in particular separating LaFleur making adjustments from Rodgers just reverting to like his absolute worst habits. Yeah. And, you know, I, I don't know. I guess I feel like LaFleur kind of called the game the way he normally would call it, albeit, uh, although I think that Dylan's injury probably changed that a little bit, given yes. the elements and the fact that they were up early. Yes. Um, this one to me is more on Rodgers, but yeah, um, I, yeah it's, I guess it's hard to separate the two, right? Like, I can't, like, we until Rodgers leaves, like, we won't really know. Yeah. Um, enough about Lafleur, and the weird, the weird overemphasis on on <laughs> Devante too. Yeah, super weird. I don't know what and, to do about that. Yeah, and and that. So uh, I'll give my note nug. Uh, kind of plays into everything we've been talking about, but um, I I just think, and I don't know if this is necessarily a Lafleur decision, although I feel like he has, should have final say. He has to have final say on this. I think the Packers picked a really really bad time to make some really questionable personnel decisions and the whole decision to go with the offensive line that they went with is pretty puzzling and if you think about it even more 
right? Because like that, that was kind of the beginning. Once the San Francisco defensive front started to kind of dig in, that was the beginning of the end for the Packers where it felt like it was just a ball rolling downhill that wasn't going to be stopped. Yep. But even when you think about special teams, like it's a season long thing, but it's also something specific to this game, right? Because like if your thing is that it's not Drayton and it's the players, but you've done really little to change the personnel. And then the players who have been brought in to play special teams were not active or were released before this game so that you can activate players on your defense. I get that they're all pros, but who ultimately weren't going to play. Yeah. I just don't understand that. Like this is the, this was like a, it just felt like a choke job from like, like literally from like the top (laughs) Top down in the organization. It was like, they cut the wrong guys. They started the wrong guys, and the guys they played played like total dog shit. Yeah. Except for the defense, um, who I really feel so bad for. No, the like, defense was incredible. I mean, and I, I feel so bad. That's one of the better performances. I know they're playing Garoppolo, but like that man, we were almost at halftime, and the Niners did not have a yard. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. I'm ready. They're I'm ready for the Packers yards. to be a defensive identity team. Right, like it, it's really fun. I would if, enjoy if the that first half of that game. Is yeah. any indication that it's like it just inspires so much? Like I had like so much. I was just super overconfident. Um, and yeah, man, Lafleur, the line was so good all year. Rogers and special teams just let them down. I, it really sucks. I want Damn. to uh, go back to the Twitter well for. Um, a note nug from Mad City Wedge, who says, this isn't just about tonight, but there are times Rodgers plays better when Adams is not on the field. When Adams is on the field, he focuses on him way too much and doesn't spread the ball around. This is something we've we've heard a lot, um, and I didn't used to put a lot of credence into it, but it seems like evidence is mounting, and this was a game where it was very clear that he was so zeroed in on Devonte Adams, just to the detriment of, of, you know, efficiency and what made sense in front of him on the field. Pretty much for the entire, entire game, it was really, really frustrating to watch. And yeah. and, and and that's where I think it's harder to separate like Lafleur's decisions from Rogers because there's no way in hell that Lafleur planned for that because. Everything else this season would lead you to believe that they have confidence in Lazard, yeah. that Cobb was good when he was healthy, and that when Rodgers was playing within the system, they were unstoppable. Yeah. Yeah. Lazard and was great. That's part of, oh, yeah, yeah. It's part of my readiness to be to move on from him is not just like all the off field stuff. It's that this is the first time that I actually like I would always stand up for his play. And I don't know that I can do that because he for one whether it's ego, whether it's the weather, whatever it is, when their season is on the line, he will not play within the system. Like, yeah. just fucking do that, man. Yeah. Like, literally. Uh, and he just doesn't, and he reverts to his hero the ball. worst version of himself, yeah. and the season ends, and then he can point to his MVP for how he carried them that far, but ultimately, like, you're the reason the season's over. Yeah. You, you can hear my anger, but, like, his lack of accountability is really where it came from. If he was like, guys, I was really shitty, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even yeah. be angry, but, like... You know, it's funny. I um, I saw, I forget who it was, but follow I follow all the beat writers on Twitter and, and one of them basically said after this press conference, they were praising Rogers for how much blame he took. And I just wanted to reply to him like, no, the, he didn't. He did not. He ma- His like, version of taking blame is like throwing it in at the end, like, oh, and myself included. That's yeah. literally what he does. It like, was the most milquetoast way to say I could have played better Meanwhile, you know, next next guy up at the podium was Matt LaFleur, who basically just like every answer was that's on me, no matter what the question was, that's on me. And like that's you know, you're the head coach, that's what you have to do. But you're the you're the quarterback, you touch the ball on every play. <laughs> Come on, man. Come on. And and to some degree, like this is the team you asked for. Exactly. Why'd you ask for Randall Cobb if you're gonna target him one time? Like yeah. I I I know like there's examples of Lazard being open, maybe Cobb wasn't, but like this is the team you wanted, you know, like, and then you won't play with them. I don't know. 
it's silly. But anyway, uh, Josh Nyman, man, why didn't he get a chance? That yeah. was like that's the that was the genesis, like the start of my note nug was like weird personnel decisions, especially on the offensive line. We texted right before, I feel like maybe before the uh, kickoff, and I was like, you know, Josh Nyman, baby, and yep. I had no idea yep. he wasn't playing. Like, yep, yeah, it just um, seemed like a just seemed like a foregone conclusion that he'd be the guy they plug in. Not the case. Yeah, like why have all these depth pieces who overperformed all year if in the playoffs you're just going to not play them? It's so weird. We'll go back to the Twitter well for one more note nug of the 2021 Packers season. Glenn tweeting in, more stress-free football, I guess. <laughs> Hashtag note nugs. Is there, uh, is there any pleasure, uh, Alex, to be derived from from watching other teams at this point? Or is it... I mean, uh, or are you just sad and frustrated? It was hard. Like, I kind of woke up Sunday. I was like, I'm not going to watch football today. But then when you watch um, Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes go toe-to-toe and you don't have to have your heart broken, I have to say, like, I still very much enjoy stress-free football. It was one of the best games I've ever seen. And um, it's, I yeah, if it's anything like this past weekend, this coming weekend, I am going to be locked in. Yeah, I was. Uh, I uh, have a friend here in Albuquerque who is a uh, lifelong Bills fan, uh, but at this point, he's really more of like a one foot in kind of fan, just because he's dealt with so much bad football over his lifetime, and it really he really doesn't like get dialed in until until it's maybe the playoffs. And so, but he was dialed in for this one and <laughs> was let down, sent packing back to the. Uh, Back to the mock drafts, like the rest of us. <laughs> so, so the my neighbors were projecting the game onto the wall, like this, like two story retaining wall, like outside your was, window. I was watching it through my kitchen window, and one guy down there was clearly a Bills fan and would like go crazy every time the Bills did Bills good stuff, and then it was just like utterly silent when when bad <laughs> things happened, and it was it was weirdly. It was weirdly heavy. Um, it also reminded me that I'm pretty sure if you watch, there's a there's a PBS documentary. I think it's the PBS documentary on on um, on the Oklahoma City bombing, and it's like my this weird piece of trivia that McVeigh was a huge Buffalo Bills fan. <laughs> it almost like intimates oh, no. that if the Bills hadn't, you know, had such a rough stretch in the early '90s, that like McVeigh might not have lost it. Um, Anyway, hopefully that doesn't happen again. But <laughs> oh God. what a fun right, guys. Bills team, honestly. So fun. I, the, the second the Packers were eliminated, I'm like, I guess I'm a Bills guy now. Yeah. yeah. That was my that was um, my fallback team. I don't know. I guess 23 I, hours. Who? So, I mean, who are you supporting now? <laughs> Bengals, baby. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm pro Bengals. I, I have family in Cincinnati. It would be cool for them. They care. Yeah. And Jamar Chase is super fun. Yeah. yeah. Joe yeah. Burrow, that'd be cool, I guess. Um, Long yeah. suffering. I've stumbled upon a few uh, Bengals games this season, just on like a a vacant Sunday afternoon, and always fun. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it also gives you some hope too for 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 Jordan Love, right? I mean, he's not. I mean, he's not Josh Allen quality, you know, arm freak, but he's not entirely dissimilar and josh allen looked like hot garbage for a season or two so yeah i do think it's it's yeah i think it's important not to write jordan love off yet still just based on the amount of actual you know consistent nfl action he's gotten Mm. which is almost none so yeah i don't know yeah yeah not i'm not saying that i want the jordan love era to start right now and that I think that they'll just pick up where they left off. I don't necessarily think (laughs) that that is true, but I think there are a lot of people who want to write him off now as hot garbage. And like, I haven't, I haven't smelled him long enough to know if it's hot garbage. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm ready to watch him. I'm ready to, uh, I, I think it times out well, like if, if Rogers were to leave, where Jordan Love is in his rookie deal, like he can play this year, and if you're bad, you can find the next guy. Because that's all, like really, that's where we are now. Is like we're just like so many other NFL teams. 
just going to be cycling through guys, you know, yep. just cycling through guys until we find the guy. Fun times. Um, Buckle up, Packer fans. And I'm, I'm ready to, ready to do that. Um, I mean, I guess so. Would you guys feel better if Rogers were traded or if Rogers retired? Traded, I think. To, I mean, yeah, like, traded. Get, I, I get would some, rather get, get some assets. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I just yeah. want. I wasn't sure if that was the the, the general consensus, but I think that's. I, right I mean, I, I would have rather if they won this year. I would say retirement would have been great. I don't see him retiring. So if he's gonna play, I just feel like it has to be via trade. Um, where I don't know, I kind of don't care. You know, I guess whoever whoever's best positioned to give a better return. The Packers is all I really care about. I, I would say there's, a, I, I think there's probably a 65% chance of Rodgers coming back with the Packers next year. Like, I know yeah, I've, I think I've been saying I don't want 50. that, and I don't, but I, I think, like, I think that's the likeliest outcome at this point. Does Devontae Adams, like, if Rodgers is back, is Adams definitely a Packer? Because, like, yes. I guess what I'm wondering is, like, he's definitely not a Packer if Rodgers isn't. But is Rodgers going to come back without like the guarantee that Adams is going to be there next year? You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, the cap um, goes up and they can they can tag him, uh, Adams. Yeah. If if they get if they make enough other moves, though, because the tag would be too expensive. Yes. Currently. I think yeah, the so ideal. Like they, I mean, if yeah, if they if they both came back, the ideal would be um, a new contract where Russ Ball does his Russ Ball thing. And that first year is like kind of pennies on the dollar in terms of like signing bonus and the way that they, I don't understand the whole, I'm not a spot track guy, but <laughs> I do know that yeah. when there's an extension or a new contract, that first year has a way of um, not impacting the cap as much as other years. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess if Rogers is back, I mean, the Packers will still be a Super Bowl contender. It's just, I think that my faith that that eventually is going to pay off is gone. Um, and that's the primary difference. Yeah. Looking beyond Rodgers, I know we mentioned like a few other guys that were key pieces this year that maybe could come back on a slightly discounted deal like Douglas or I don't know if Andre Campbell's going to do that. But the guys that you have locked in, like get, how big of a building block is Rashawn Gary proving to be? Yeah. Pretty, pretty huge. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, I, I don't know. It, and it's weird because, like, we sit here and it's like, if Rodgers is gone, that's the end. Like, if Jordan Love's not going to be good. The Packers are completely doomed. But, like, I don't know that it, the, the Niners are in the NFC that's Championship the point. game. I keep, and I, I can keep confidently say that Jimmy Garoppolo, however bad Jordan Love is, isn't that much better than Jordan Love. Like, yeah. I already know that because I've seen enough of Garoppolo. I've smelled him enough to know <laughs> that there's no way Jordan Love can smell worse. So... Uh, you know, I don't know. Maybe if you can vest your ass, wouldn't it be weird if the Packers were that team that has like a crappy quarterback that everyone's like, I can't believe that mother bleeper is going to win a Super Bowl. That'd be really cool. <laughs> I'd be into it, but that would, uh, just, just uh, like 30 years of great quarterback play. And then you have a total stinker, but they're like so good everywhere else. That <laughs> they're still winning the division every year. Oh, oh man. I mean, but that's the, the thing uh, the is rest... like, is like, they don't need Rogers to win the North next year. I don't think. Like I'm, I'm not. You're not a, this is a believer in the particularly good the, division. The Dan Campbell uh, Lions that everyone's all hyped on because they try hard. <laughs> like what? Good I don't coach, know. I roster. just don't think that. Uh, yeah, I just don't think. I think they can do it honestly on their own. Yeah, I mean it's gonna be a division of. I, I actually, you know what? I think Matt Lafleur is a good enough coach that they will be a playoff team with or without Rodgers next year. That's crazy to say with Jordan Love, but like elsewhere in the division, there's new regimes everywhere. A lot no, of bad a lot of bad coaches out there. Probably new quarterbacks like um you know, it can be done. Yeah. It's why Kyle Shanahan is Kyle Shanahan and yeah. Matt LaFleur is like a you know, slightly disc like a 10% off Kyle Shanahan only probably <laughs> protege let's uh let's pause for a second and I guess uh pay some bills and then we can we'll look um to the future a little bit and talk about what we hope the Packers learned this year and if we want to get into some more of that uh what the roster might look like stuff we can do that too but we'll be right back in a second 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, we are back. Alex, very precariously with that wine glass kind of moving it around. <laughs> you doing okay there? <laughs> yeah, I got a lot of cords. I... I... Probably should just get a mic stand already. It, it complicates the way I do this podcast since I have to do it from my dresser in my bedroom. <laughs> um, all right, guys, let's we, we tease it at the top of the show, but um, something I wanted to do was um, talk about. Let's each give um, an example of something that we hope that the Packers learned this year. I don't want to necessarily say any more than that because I want to leave it open-ended, open to interpretation. You guys can take the ball and run with it, so to speak. I will go first. Um, We've talked a lot over the years about how the um, Packers have been allergic to investing anything into the inside linebacker position. Um, So for the first time in a long time, we, the fans and the team, got a taste of what it's like to have someone at the position playing at an all-pro level, just truly a solid inside linebacker going above and beyond. And let me tell you, sign me up for more of that, please. Um, Devondre Campbell was um, not just a steal of a deal, but he made this defense so much better and Alex, I heard you talking about this on the um, the episode you did with Tex, but his absence was absolutely felt whenever he wasn't in there. And I hope, I hope the Packers learned the value of having a high quality inside linebacker. And it's no shade meant on you know the Ty Summers of the world, but you know that's an example of like kind of the archetype for the kind of guys that the Packers have been staffing that position with for years. And I hope they learned that the position is worth a little more investment than that. Completely. I don't think it's a coincidence that this is the first Super Bowl caliber defense they've had since they won a Super Bowl and that it's the first time that they've had a linebacker dynamic enough to call like a, you know, pro bowl level, whatever. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, man, it'd be great if he was back, but. I don't know how realistic that is or is not at, at at present. Well, I could fall back on the, you know, guys like that and, and, um, Russell Douglas say they want to be back and they would, uh, turn some money down. But as, as Ben has pointed out, that's, that's cute to say until the contract is <laughs> on the table, until Russ Ball is sliding that pen over and you're like, Whoa, that's yep. it. <laughs> We'll see. I don't know. Who wants to go next? What did we learn? What do we hope the Packers learned in this season? Alex, you got one? I mean, I don't know. It's like I'm trying to not pick something obvious, like something about special teams, because like, how do you not learn that um, after that? I think that's a fair one because I just I (laughs) I think it was um, Tom Silverstein. I heard asking in a press conference um, talking to to Matt LaFleur, but um, he basically brought up that special, like he's covered the team for essentially my entire life. And, you know, outside of like those great teams in the nineties, special teams has been a problem for this team. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, yeah, I think I, I hope the Packers learned that being ruthless can sometimes be good. And, um, that nice guys, 
can go out with a whimper. And is that uh, is that Crosby um, or or Drayton or both or? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean Lafleur is a good guy. He probably really wanted to trust Drayton and um, the Packers, whether it be with personnel or coaches, seem to always really wait till like it's just not possible anymore to hang on. Um, and a more ruthless coach would have probably fired Drayton. Probably would have honestly gotten rid of Crosby. Um, the only guy they were ruthless with is a long snapper, and I nothing changed after that. <laughs> like that miraculously doesn't fix fielding punts, covering kicks, uh, blocking people. So um, maybe now they've learned. Like sometimes heads need to roll. Uh, by the way, I don't know if you noticed during that game, but uh, the long snapper for the San Francisco 49ers, Tabor Pepper, <laughs> former oh, Packer. Wow. <laughs> I did not notice that, actually. I um, did a double take at the screen. So can I can I just jump on the special teams thing? It's like what I hope the Packers learned is that through the injury of Kylan Hill, um, that special teams kind of reform, particularly on kickoffs, would be great. And... Um, you know, it's the same thing. I mean, I, I realize I know was Hill injured on a punt or yeah. I think he no, he was injured on a kickoff, I think. But kickoff, I think, yeah. Kylan Kylan Hill was a kickoff, Terrence Murphy was a punt, but I'm tired of watching, you know, good young Green Bay Packers get incapacitated on, you know, trying to pick up five yards. Um <laughs> it's it's just not fun. <laughs> and, you know, I, I That's football. I, you gotta die for that inch, that yard. That uh, I would really love to see the NFL adapt the uh, XFL, adopt the XFL kickoff structure, which truly seemed to be awesome. Um, but you know, I also hope that they fire everyone who was even remotely involved with the special teams. Yeah, I mean, I and I'd kind of forgotten about this, but I I, I saw this on Twitter recently. I I guess that so Drayton was on the staff. Yeah, he was promoted from within. That's another thing I don't understand. He was on the staff that already sucked. Yeah. And he was like, oh, I like this guy. Let's give him a shot. And like, I get that, I guess. But it just seemed pretty clear quarter of the way through the season that this was not going well. That would have been like if the Packers gave Joe Philbin the head coaching job, which some people were like, he's a legitimate (laughs) candidate. It's like, you just don't do that. That makes no sense. Um, uh, yeah, whatever. Joe Philbin. <laughs> what else? Mike McCarthy. <laughs> Man. I mean, no nap mare. This was worse, though. This was definitely worse. This was worse. This I would have rather gone down in flames like 42 to 35 to McCarthy and just watched Aaron Rodgers have to embrace him than to just... This is just the weakest way to lose. Yeah. So lame. Yeah. Yeah. What else do we uh what else do we hope the Packers learned? I don't know. I kind of feel like we talked about this earlier in the show, but <clears throat> Aaron Rodgers in elimination football has not been consistent for a couple years now. And it's I I just I want the team to be paying attention to that. I want him to be paying attention to that, <laughs> to that because it's like this was avoidable. These are correctable issues. He just reverted back to hero ball, zeroing in on one guy, and it was just it was probably the worst performance. Um, one of the worst performances of his career, really, in terms of like when the when this when the stakes were that high and um i don't know i'm I'm rambling trying to find a way to tie it into this theme i hope they also learned uh how to better handle long-term injuries i don't really understand what was going on with david bakhtiari i don't think anybody does i don't think matt lafleur may even understand what's going on with david bakhtiari so he had a um what was his injury was it an acl yeah yeah so because i i saw um Justice has been has been on Bakhtiari's case a little bit, um, saying that he thinks that it's that Bakhtiari is in his head. Um, I saw him tweet out recently. I think 
sarcastically that, you know, he had a year to recover, like saying basically like he had enough time to recover and that it's all in his head. And, and I, I'm not so sure about that. I feel like we've readjusted, um, what we think is the timeline to come back from an ACL because there's been some advancements in sports medicine and a star player who's 24 tears their ACL. And then 10 months later, they're playing in a playoff game. Bakhtiari is not 24 and Bakhtiari is not 200 pounds either. It's a lot more. (laughs) Yeah. And I, so I just, I, I am trying to, uh, ground myself in that, in just that, like it, actually was a tough ask to ask him to come back and 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 that he just couldn't make it work i'm assuming he got into the uh he got into the detroit game to see if he could he could make it work and he looked fine he looked like david bakhtiari in that game but maybe he didn't feel like david bakhtiari to himself in terms of just i don't know if it's a pain management thing or yeah i don't know i'm tr- i'm trying to cut him some slack it's a tough injury I think for me, what I hope that both the Packers and the fans learned is, is, um, I, I think what I hope the Packers learned is that free agency, there's plenty of good football players out there and they don't need to be expensive. Um, whether it's Rasul Douglas, whether it's Devonde Campbell, whether it's Alan Lazard, like there are, there are guys who fall through the cracks and, and for various reasons and can be picked up. And, and it's worth taking a flyer on them. You know, the worst that happens is you have to cut a guy and they're plenty capable of doing that. And I think we saw kind of a good, you know, we saw um, Whitney Merciless. Like, you know, I, I think I like, I like the current front office's approach to, you know, by any means necessary for roster improvement. Um, and I think on the fan side, I think what I hope we learned is that, is that, um, so far, this team, it you know, it, same with the management structure, seems to kind of know what they're doing when it comes to the draft. And, um, you know, just because Rashawn Gary, you know, whether it's Rashawn Gary, whether it's Devontae Adams, whether it's, you know, like let players take the time they need to hit their kind of, you know, true form, uh, especially yeah. if they're drafted young. Yeah. Um, so, you know, not everybody's going to be a Kenny Clark dominating the league at 22. Um, are you, are you, uh, subtweeting Amari Rogers haters here? <laughs> no, I, I don't actually know that I see all that much to get excited about Amari Rogers. Um, but I, I think, you know, Rashawn Gary proved a lot of people wrong as kind of being this wasted pick. I think oh, yeah. people hated the AJ Dillon pick. And I think that's been kind of, you know, whether or not you think you need to take a running back in the second round, I think he's been value for the pick. Um, People hated the you know, AJ Dillon pick. Seem to know what they're doing, and I, I guess, I guess, I, I guess, my my corollary to that is that is that I hope that that extends to, um, Jordan Love a bit, you know, as he presumably struggles early on. Um, the other thing, I, I, I would, the one place that they haven't shown this is in drafting wide receivers, and I, I hope yes. that they learn to do that a little better in the yes. next few years. That's a good one. I hope the Packers learn. I don't know why they would have learned. I don't, that I don't from just this mean season, I don't just but... mean like spending any draft capital on wide receivers. I mean like actually picking good ones. Like mm-hmm. you you can pick good receivers after the second round. Yes. And well, and 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 Ted Thompson and his staff they were like the masters for a number of years of like the second and and third round finding those guys and just always having, um, always having talent behind talent and it's it's. Um, I don't want to say it's tumbleweeds because I, I I like some of the players that we have, but it's it's not been as uh, consistent. Um, yeah, yeah. You want? I mean, I think I think with receivers, you, especially because they do take a while to kind of come into form. Same with tight ends. Like you want kind of a stocked cupboard, right? Yeah. Like you want Jordy seeing twenty, thirty, you know, fifty looks for two seasons before you actually have to rely on him in any way, um, and you know, you have to kind of keep paying it forward in the draft, I think, to keep cycling through that. But anyway, we'll see. We'll see indeed. I, um, I don't know guys, this is the, uh, the last pod of kind of the, the regular season. And I don't know. That's, we're just, 
let's land the plane. We're just screeching to a halt here. I, <laughs> I, I, um, <clears throat> I'm looking forward to podcasting uh, in a few weeks when we know whether or not our Hall of Fame quarterback is coming back or not. Yes, he has you, said you, that. You, he you will think not we'll know take... that in a couple of weeks? Honestly, he said he won't take a, lo- a lot of time. I don't know what that yeah. means. Yeah, whatever. Believe it when I see <laughs> I, it. I, I guess he, we'll he, said, know... he, he said he was inoculated, immunized. Yeah. immunized yes. Yeah, um. I uh I don't I I think we'll know if he's retiring. I guess I don't know if we'll know where he's playing. But there's so much that has to happen if he is playing for the Packers that yeah. I feel like it does have to happen soon. Kind of need an answer. Doesn't mean he's going to give us one, but Yeah. Hope so. You know. Yeah. Well, Oops. yeah. Hope so. Um well, everyone out there in listener land, the audio feed will be there for you every step of the way. Um, usually, you know, in years past, we, uh, the season would end and then we'd kind of go on our little hiatus and maybe try to get some content out once a month. But now we've got more shows in the feed and, um, uh, justice I know is working on a plan for what the off season is going to look like, but, um, you guys can count on a lot more content consistently throughout the off season. And, um, I know from personal experience, um, in the in the APC Slack chat, there's actually um, a sub channel for uh, just draft talk. Got a lot of draft nicks now uh, in the stable, so I think we'll have a lot more content there too for you guys. Um, but for us, we'll uh, try to gather when we can, when appropriate. Give some takes. I don't know. <laughs> I got nothing yeah. else to say, man. I'm just. Uh, Ben, as as you said at the top of the show, just like an annoying game. I'm still just annoyed by it all. It was an annoying game. Annoying game. Annoying season. I'm sure I sound very entitled because they won so many games, and I'm like, I'm annoyed. But that's that's how I feel. That's how I feel, and I think it's time to hit the polka. Polka makes me feel a little less annoyed. The last polka dance. Yeah, as Justice calls it, the uh, white people mariachi music. Big fan of that categorization. (laughs) All right, guys. um, Thanks for tuning in all season long. Keep it locked in to the Acme Packing Company audio feed all off season long now. It happened sooner than we wanted. It is here. But just like the the Packers used to be able to stock the stable with wide receivers, we have stocked the stable (laughs) with people champing at the bit to uh, get you some content all off season long. And um, hope this was uh, cathartic for you. Jump back in the pool, have some uh, have some sports talk. I don't know. Now I'm just rambling. That's it. That's all I got for Ben, for Alex, Zach. See ya. Go pack, go.